Welcome back to the Pilgrims Podcast. My name's Action. Joining me today, Tom Kirk, Mark Lovell, Chris Allen, and Alex Hind. Yes, we're back, and we're back after two wins in a week. Mark, it's, um, yeah, I don't know what to say. It's incredible. I don't think we've had that this season. I mean, it wasn't our best performance, was it? Do you care how we go about getting three points, or are you just happy we got them? Absolutely no interest in uh, at this um, stage of the season. We needed to win that game. We got our just desserts in the end with a tremendous last gasp winner by one of our own, Adam Randell. Randell? I've started calling him Randell. Adam Randall? Where did that come in? Um, It's great. We've been on the receiving end of that happening to us. Uh, against Southampton and Birmingham, and we were lower than a snake's belly. So it's it it was high time that we felt that that degree of emotion on our own side in front of our own fans, and that was great, uh, great because you know after the Coventry defeat, we were lower than a snake's belly, and we needed picking up. And when we went one deal down to that horrible goal that we conceded, you know we were we were in crisis mode again. So. Absolutely chuffed to bits, Clive. <laughs> uh, Alex, you watched it with a, a mate, a Stoke City mate. Is he still your mate? Well, <laughs> I, I care how I, I care how we won it because um, the last minute, the last minute winner kind of ruined it for me because I was going to bring you a lovely little chat with a Stoke City fan and get his perspective on the game to start the pod off with, and it was going to give us something to chew over, and. Uh, I was halfway through my second rendition of he's one of our own to the uh, <laughs> Chicago Real Madrid supporters group who were down the other end of the pub looking at me like I was a weirdo. And then I turned around and thought, right, okay, we'll do this. And he's already out the door. He's gone. He'd gone home. Um, so I didn't get to chat to him. So yes, the last minute winner yeah. kind of ruined it in a sense for me for that. But um, no, it was, it was brilliant to, uh, to, to be able to have that because I thought we deserved it, and I will always say the game is from when the referee's whistle blows to when it blows at the end, and anything that happens in that is part of the game. So anybody who's going to come saying, oh, we got lucky, we got lucky with that, well, we would have got lucky if the referee had played three extra minutes he wasn't supposed to when we'd scored in that. That would have been lucky. Um, it would have been lucky if Adam Randall had shot... Randall, Randall, Mark, what have you done? Adam Randall would kicked the ball up in the air and it bounced off the underside of a UFO and gone in. That's lucky. There was nothing lucky about this. Sure, we brought Adam on to have an impact on the game. We had lots of pressure and it showed in the end and we got the winning goal. It Just for fans and the emotional side of it, it make, gives it a little bit extra when it is right at the end. But all part of the plan. Stay calm, everyone. Uh, Tom, were you staying calm at halftime? Um, no, I wasn't, in fairness. Um, it was a real roller coaster yesterday. Obviously, culminated in a one of the great moments in home park recent history, I would say. But um, uh, you know, it was a season worth of emotion yesterday. The first twenty five minutes was easily the worst performance we put in at home. I didn't go to the Bristol City away game, but it was it was bad. Um, and and then it improved. Uh, second half, we were by by far the better side, largely in part to Stoke being the worst team I've seen this season. I'd actually put them below Sheffield Wednesday. Um, and, and that, and that, and that, uh, you know, wonderful, wonderful moment 
which like Alex alludes to, you know, we can, you know, <laughs> think of the circumstances in which that doesn't come about, but it did. And uh, we better, we were the benefactors of it. Um, and sometimes this season we haven't been, so that's great. But yeah, I, um, I was fully on the roller coaster yesterday, guys. It was, it was my, my head was not a great place to be. It's not, it's not a great place to be at the best of times, guys, but at 30 <laughs> minutes yesterday, it was, um, it was very different to where it was at minute 96. Your your head wasn't a nice place to be on the way back from Coventry the other day. Like that was like that was that was like a lesson in abject self defeating misery. Um, but you were in the ground. Like, oh, I I kind of want to soak up some of that. Mm. What happened? Oh, do you know what was great? I, I went in. Um... For, for people who don't know, I'm an occasional prawn sandwicher. I don't. I wasn't dining yesterday, but I go into the nice bit to get a cup of tea sometimes because I've got a pass to do that. Um, and there was a couple of cups of tea there, and I'd said to a friend that I went with, "Let's go grab the tea because they take it away at full time as quick as anything." And uh, we take the tea out. It was freezing yesterday. It was absolutely freezing. So you, you get that kind of thing when you go to a, a, a winter game where the guy you're sitting next to, you're just a little friendlier with them than normal. Everybody's just like sort of shoulder to shoulder a little bit more just to share some warmth. Anyway, the tea, like just when it turned to iced tea, like immediately. And, and I don't mind drinking cold tea, but like, there's a lot left. Anyway, fast forward to 96 minute, me and my friend, uh, Steve had left half our teas and there was limbs, mate. There was unbelievable limbs. There was half cold cups of tea being kicked everywhere. It's still on my, uh, it's still on, it's still on my ears now. Um, it was a sensational moment. Um, really, really Lim- was. limbs in the Mayflower with cups of tea going everywhere. It does sound about right. It, yeah, was, sounds really, it does sound very Mayflower. It someone, was, um, it, someone I, dropped my walking stick. <laughs> it, the um, the med- some of the mediocrity earlier uh, on in the game made that moment better. I, I the only thing in uh, recently I can think at home was maybe Cosgrove's winner against Sheffield Wednesday twelve months ago or so, where um, we'd felt a little bit of injustice from a disallowed goal about five minutes earlier. But that game we played really well, and it felt a great. It was a, it's a different feeling, but also um, you know to get to snatch victory from the jaws of a draw uh, like that felt really, really good. And and you do, you just feel your lucks in, you know, it's like putting, it's putting, <laughs> unlike my uh, escapades after the Coventry game, it's, you know, putting money on the right colour on the roulette table and it coming in, you know, there's not much better feeling than that. All right, let's um let's um, unpack that first half because I think we're... We've got yeah, that's it. Room. We've had too much, too much joy. Too much, too much joy. <laughs> the police well, are moment. Let's let's have a let's have a look at when we were crap. Let's go even before kickoff. Um, three changes, three changes, Mark, and um, we saw Scar come in and Galloway come in as well. There was those were some big changes by Shuri. What were your thoughts on them? I was surprised they left Pleggy on the bench because it seemed like he was building up a little bit of security momentum, and uh, bang, he's dropped to the bench. So I was a little bit surprised about that. And, uh, yeah, I think um, it was a reaction to what the threats, perceived threats of Stoke were. Um, don't exactly agree with that because Pleggy seemed to be getting into some form. And by doing that, he's not really, Shuey's not really allowing him to progress at the club. So wasn't a fan of that. Um, Alex, Brendan Galloway, 
he's been out he's been out for what feels like an eternity it's a sign of how much Shuey rates him surely that he's been almost thrown into the team upon being fit again and you, you know Macaulay Gillespie not even on the bench these days it's um it's an interesting interesting situation isn't it when you don't play sometimes it helps you because you can't have bad games <laughs> so if other people around you are having bad games then when when he's looking around the dressing room he's going to choose you there's no debate I don't think there's ever been any doubt about how good Galloway is he looked at times too good for the division below he just couldn't stay fit um and if he's fit and and sure he thinks he's he's game ready then for me he's definitely somebody who's capable of starting this division I mean he's played at a higher level than this um and he's only had to drop down really because of his injury issues what I'm impressed with is his ability to I, I like the fact that f- from yesterday seeing how he can p- fill in in different positions across the back because that's really useful especially when you're a team like us with limited resources and you can only you know play the cards that you've you've got in your hand if you've got cards you can use for different things then those players all of a sudden become a lot more valuable so that was really nice to see him slot in there on the left hand side and uh, look accomplished yesterday I thought mm. uh, Tom some of these players have come in at the back. <clears throat> Bundu obviously came in for um, Wayne, but we'll touch him in later. These players come in at the back and it was a bit of a horror show, wasn't it? Let's be honest. And that St- Stoke opening goal was, I mean, Notts County gone viral in the week for those three goals in the FA Cup. I feel like we've got a contender for that. They were like, um, you know, Scrooge at the end of A Christmas Carol, where he just starts giving away like a lifetime's worth of gifts. It was something akin to that. It was... Nuts. I mean, we 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 dared to try um, the inverted fullback thing again. I, I'm not. I don't want to dig at Galloway for it, but I think Shuey chose the opportunity because Stoke weren't going to play to move those fullbacks further up the pitch. So we we started in that in that two and two formation at the back, not a back four, but a two and two again to build attacks like we'd seen earlier in the season, and we abandoned it once we were one nil down and. You know the misplaced passes yesterday were were really bad. The communication was awful. It was Lewis Gibson's worst game for us. Uh, Mark's right about how it was his worst game season. It was Lewis Gibson's worst game as well yesterday. I mean that's um, you know a seven out of ten would be Lewis Gibson's worst game as well. Bear in mind, but um, something was really off yesterday. The talking was off. The short passing was horrendous. Um, it was just gift after gift after gift. Stoke were awful. Yeah, they didn't have to work for those chances at all. What we feel as a as a fan base is we want to enjoy the moment of that winner and not have it sour. But what we do have to accept on the face of it is we had to, that was a celebration of working really hard to break down a poor but stubborn defence to get that late winner. We had to work really hard for that. Stoke didn't have to work hard for anything. It was hmm. gifted and gifted and gifted moment after moment after moment. And um, they could have been okay. The XG tells a different story, but they could have been two or three. Uh, up in that first half an hour, it was um, it was quite something. Um, that's sorry. Yeah, that's the thing about uh, chopping and changing at the back. I mean, Gibson, best defender all season, and he by chopping and changing, not being able to build up a regular partnership. So this this weekend we have Scar. Last weekend it was it was Pleggy. It doesn't, and the confusion is spreading. And now. We had a mistake from Gibson, and it's uh, yeah. I think uh, we need to stick on a settled centre half pairing, not so much chopping and changing. 
and stick with it for a while. I know that Scar is in for his more physical attributes, but if you've seen Pleggy jump for the ball, he's perfectly good good in the air. Um, yeah, that's where I would be heading. I don't, think Gibson, I, I don't think Gibson alone should take the blame for that goal. It starts off with Mike Cooper hitting it long up the middle of the field, which we know these days as goalkeepers you're not supposed to do. And then there's a Stoke player just standing there in acres of space with a completely free header to just nod it straight back towards our goal. And yeah, there's the mistake, the miscommunication with with the defenders. But there's two things that have happened in that little passage of play before then that Shuey will probably be looking at going, Michael Cooper, don't hit it long straight up the middle of the field um, without getting across the halfway line. And then when there's that header completely unchallenged to put it straight back into our danger area, there's there's nobody anywhere near it. So, mm. yes, there were, the obvious thing was that miscommunication and, and Gibson looking like a Wally because he's completely bamboozled by the bloke behind him. But there's other things going on there too, actually. The um, the um There was a wider issue at play in that first 30 minutes than the errors. We made errors against Leeds, but I didn't feel like it, we were poorly prepared or there was anything particularly wrong. Um but it so we focus on the one that led in the goal. But for those you know, watch the whole ninety minutes. Uh, that first thirty minutes was just a catalogue of indecision as to whether to go long, go short. Uh, you know, short passes going astray, people being quite out of position. You know, and when you give that, that why we abandon that is when you've got that inverted fullback when your fullbacks aren't wide, and and then you give possession away, which we seem very keen to do in that um, first half. Everybody's out of position. And there's chaos. You know, so and and there's a couple of factors. But I couldn't, you know, the communication seemed really off, and the decision about what they were supposed to be doing was evident, and and the crowd could feel it. The crowd were very audible yesterday, um, and they were getting frustrated, and rightly so, because there was there was plenty to be frustrated about. Very basic decision making wasn't really happening. Um, one of the flip points yesterday, there was a few, obviously the goal, the equaliser, but felt the crowd take a bit of responsibility on about 30 minutes yesterday. Um, and just and it's simple, you know, anybody who there will know, green and white Barmy army came from Devonport. It seemed to go all the way around the stadium, which hasn't been happening recently. Um, you know, I'm not, I'm not comparing it to that Wickham playoff semi for all those years ago, but it definitely helped. So, something around then, maybe, maybe some organisational changes. I think there was a stoppage um, between then and the goal. Uh, things, things began to, things began to shift. Um, so I, I don't know what happened. And like, we won the game, so how much do we... It, it's not for us as fans to analyse it. But um, thankfully, we're only 1-0 down at that point, And the opposition were poor enough for us to get another couple of goals in there and turn it around. Is, oh, I'll tell you what happened. Yeah. <laughs> um, I won't, actually. But we, we talk about a manager who's been fantastic and having permission to fail and then when we have a dodgy 30 minutes we feel like the end of the world's coming he tried something different everyone was confused we changed it and for the next two-thirds of the game with a better side and we won that's good isn't it like in the week we stuck with the same team and they looked exhausted he tried to change some stuff learned from it and then we went on to win like i think I don't know, maybe I'm too old, but 
We've got, if we're going to give someone permission to fail, you have to give them permission to fail, not say he shouldn't have done this. Um, and, I, and importantly, sure. he didn't fail. Yeah, and he didn't fail. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I think there was. I'll give you the setup, but again, Shuey's not making those individual passes, Chris. You know, there was definitely some. There was there was a lot of things not going for us yesterday. Uh, but if you don't part. know, if you're not confident in your job, you make more mistakes, right? That's how it looked to me. Again, you were in the ground. I was watching it on a phone at a baseball match. So I do bow to your greater knowledge and visibility of what was actually happening. But in terms of, you know, we talk about we're more emotional, I'm more emotional than anything else. That's how it felt to me. I had a go, obviously wasn't working. Yeah, we were a bit lucky that they didn't score more when they were on top, but we slowly rebuilt our way back into it. That's a good thing. Yesterday, for the first time in a long time, arguably the season, the stakes felt really, really high. Um, and if we don't get those three points, it's, it's a different podcast today. Mark, I mean, how we go back to that feeling at half time. How are you feeling? You know, we've joked about playoffs, we joked, we're half joked about relegation. Results at half time were not going our way. And a draw yesterday would not have been great. How are you feeling at that point? At half time, I was a lot. We just scored just before half time, so it was a psychologically important time mm-hmm. to score. So, it was totally, you know, if you'd asked me how I was feeling after 35 minutes, pretty miserable. Mm-hmm. Um, especially because our away form um, means that we really have to win our home games at the moment. And it creates that little bit of pressure. And then we add that added pressure because of what happened at Coventry. So, and that sometimes spreads, you know, the the players can feel the sort of apprehension from the terraces. And I think the first, you know, 30, 30 minutes, we, we, we were, we were feeling it. We were feeling it, you know, and we, the players would have known that QPR have won, you know, and they, they look like they're turning the corner. So it creates that little bit of uh, extra pressure. And uh, we did turn it around and we grew into the game and tremendous finish by Bundu. You know, great ball in from KKH. And that's a great time to score. Yeah, great time to score. And, yeah, we also, you know, um, that that goal by Adam Randall. Randall. Um, that's, that can sort of thing can change your season, you know. We mm. we know how it feels against, like, Southampton and, and Birmingham, you know, how we felt. You know, we didn't deserve that, did we? But. You know, these things, you would hope they even themselves out over the course of the season, like the shit at Coventry. Maybe, you know, going forward, we're going to have something good, good happening. Um, yeah, great time to score, Mark, that Bundu goal. Um, and, and Chris, also to your, incorporate your point in there as well about the sh- uh, changes Shui made. I mean, I was an emotional wreck, so I was I was wanting more changes. There was a stoppage in the game. I can't remember where, and there was a water break, and the guys came over, and I, I thought, Shui, Ryan Lowe, when he was in charge, would have used that moment for show to make sure he was gesturing and say, look at all the changes I'm making. Sure, he did very little. And I was like, oh, is that good or, or or whatever? But there was there was a couple of instructions passed. Um, Morgan Whitaker at that point, although Stoke hadn't been very good, their, their fullback, uh, Lyndon Gooch, had done a very good job man-marking him and had probably watched Pleggy the week before how he handled Joe Bellingham. And he went through him a couple of times, didn't injure Morgan, but Morgan ended up on his, on his bottom. Um 
there was a shift where KKH had, had changed his position a bit because he'd made a few passes, gone astray, and it wasn't going well. And he, that, that gap started appearing down the right. Now, what Morgan had, what they'd done, for, for, for my mind, I'm pretty sure it was the case, was Morgan, seeing how he was being man-marked, and Morgan was dragging the fullback into the centre. So just in the two or three attacks before the goal and then the goal, you'll see KKH is basically in Morgan's position. Yeah, they they deliberately between the two of them or, you know, in combination with the bench, which is their side, work that out. Morgan's dragged the fullback with him because he's worked out he's been man-marked. So Morgan's that position. KKH gets the, gets the gap and we go, okay, this is how we're going to break these guys down. And it was only the, and the first real substantial uh, chance created by KKH, obviously, into Bunda and a great finish. And we do owe uh, Moose a lot there for converting that, actually, because um, we in normally how our goal work, we have to do that five, six times to get a goal. Um, so that's great. Combination of, of of the, of the yes, the changes, Chris, but also the, the not... Shui felt like the calmest man in the ground, even though he'd watched the same things that we had. Changes, yes, but also not rashness. Uh, Mark, you're right, great time to score. Um, if we don't go in... At one-one, arguably, a, you know, we could we could win by three or we could lose by three. You know, anything could have happened there. But you know, that was where we got the goal, and that was important, and that closed the game down. Which then I thought, if anybody was going to win, was going to be us. I think there's, there's to, to me, there's kind of three types of goals in football. Well, there's more than three, but there's we've scored a lot of those. What a fantastic move! Goals, right? You then get individual moments of brilliance. Like, you know, the Bundu free kick and, you know, United's overhead kick last week. You know, the kind of, oh, my God, look at that. That was, I'd love to have Kusak on, like, two highly technical pieces of high-quality football that you don't see very often. The ball in was perfect. And I can't, I mean, for what it's worth, I used to play up front. So, as an authority. <laughs> this type of thing, but ninety-nine times out of a hundred, especially imagine if we were at a lower level, the ball coming in that way, it goes the other way. That's physics. To be able to help it in the direction it was going is really, really hard. Like it looks easy, and his kind of <laughs> excuse me, his celebration, he kind of was quite nonchalant. That's so hard to do what he did. So hard to do. Um. I think it's underappreciated how technically good that goal was. I didn't realise I was going to get a lesson in playing centre-forward and physics this morning from, from <laughs> Chris Allen. That's really something. This is... Um, I'm like... But when I played up front, I played like Einstein. <laughs> if that helps. <laughs> it was a beautiful uh, finish. It was so smooth and deft. Graceful. And yeah, it was wonderful. graceful. So, so yeah, Alex. In that in that second half, did you feel that goal coming? We're speaking about how you know shoes change things. We're looking a bit more positive. Um, the horror show at the back has kind of sorted itself out. Are you seeing that goal coming? I think all th- all three goals I saw coming. The, it was one of those games where, as uh, Tom talked about, Stoke, with a lot of help from us, were looking like they were going to, or they were putting a lot of pressure on us. The actual out and out chances. Well, it's down to them being not not so good again, as, as Thomas said. They were pretty miserable, to be honest. I'm glad I'm not a Stoke fan for a number of reasons. Um, but both Argyle goals, you really felt they were coming. We came back into the game in the first half, and when Bundu got it, it was that relief because you do worry that 
you're going to have the pressure and then it's going to get to half time and you sort of have to start that momentum again. And it was the same in the second half. I rewatched the second half after I got home yesterday. I watched, rewatched the second half and it just built and built and built and built and it was coming, which is why is, is another reason why I get frustrated with the people who say, oh, we got lucky with a last minute strike. If he'd scored that goal and Stoke had been peppering our goal for the for the half, then yeah, maybe, maybe I'll concede that. But the momentum was really with us. Houghton actually had a decent second half. I was watching him because he got so much flat for it. I was watching him second half to see, okay, what, what's he done wrong? And apart from having his yellow, which means he's in a, a, a tricky situation, he actually grew into the game really nicely. The back line grew into the game really nicely. Stoke playing that one man up top with the player with the, and the other attacking players behind him. But they never put a huge amount of pressure on our back line with the with the press like other teams have done. So we had a bit more space to start um, as we got more comfortable playing out from the back. And it was building and building. And again, I've seen some criticism of the substitutions. I thought the way they were spaced out through the second half, they just tweaked and changed the game. And the players who came on all did well. So, yeah, I, I did think it was coming, Archie, and it was clear. And I, I thought both the goals that we got at the point in the game, we definitely were deserving of them. Well, it's fine. When somebody says, oh, the goal was coming, nobody ever says that when the goal didn't come. But it did come. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get it. I get it. But it's, um, I was with you. I, I thought at 78 minutes or when I thought this is a matter of time. But, you know, naturally at 96 minutes where you've got to score with that attack, you know, you know, the likelihood of football, the, the nine out of, well, no, I'd say nine out of 10, I mean, like 19, 19 out of 20 attacks don't result in a goal, do they? So um, the, the 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 limbs, if you like, in that last minute would probably a reflection of people had resigned to be going home with the point. And certainly the people sat in front of me had decided to go and get their train earlier. So they, uh, they didn't feel it was coming. Although um, that's another debate for another day, actually. In part two, we'll look at the mystery that is our away form. Look ahead to Leicester and look at any other bits and bobs. Back in a bit. All right, guys, welcome back to part two. Now let's have a dive in this into this uh, away form mystery. It's been um, it's been a hot topic amongst us and the fan base since the start of the season, and it hasn't been good, has it? With three points thus far, Tom, you were at Coventry. Um, on Tuesday night, possibly we'll touch on that a little bit later. But look, looking ahead to the season ahead of us, we've got 30 more points that we need to attain. Exactly 30. We're currently on uh, 22. And to get to the goal that Neil Jusnip set out of 52, we need 30 more points. And if we continue like we are at the moment with an 86% ratio of points at home compared, <laughs> compared to just 14% away, then we will need... 26 points from the rest of our remaining home games which is about two points per game if it makes it easier for you to understand that's about four points per two games quick mess um it's a lot it's a lot and the pressure tom i would say is on is on those home games and that's why possibly we didn't touch upon it in part one that's why that winner is so big because we just got to win these home games now we've put ourselves in a position where we can only seemingly win at home and we've got to win yeah, uh, look, I enjoyed yesterday. It was a great moment. And like Alex said, we got it. It did happen. Um, we have to accept if that if that doesn't. Alex, I hear you, it did. But, I mean, it's a bad result. It, it, the reason it was such an emotional celebration, I think, because it's one kick away that from being a good result to bad result, we've we've talked on here quite a bit about that 
the, the the real prize in football is that jump from one to three points, which is what that goal got us yesterday. Suddenly we're celebrating six points from nine. That's a good return. Four from nine, considering the opposition we played, was is a poor return. The, the, the margin's that narrow, isn't it? And we know the margin's that narrow because you can see all the teams around us. We're 16th now. We're, you know, a couple of points off the top half, but, you know, Q, there's, there's QPR, you know, with, on their bikes now, six points behind. We play them in a couple of weeks. So, you know, if, if we lose that, um, which isn't beyond the realm of possibilities looking our way form, you know, the cycle starts again. It, I do buy what Mark is saying. I, I think we've invested in in the championship, guys, haven't we? We're wins you know and when you win a game you're suddenly looking up the table and when you lose a game you're looking behind and i will probably do that next week guys if we lose to to leicester um like chris has said a few times i've got to enjoy the ride because we're actually just stress out all 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 season um to your point archie about the waveform real conundrum i don't know how much of its fortune and how much of its sort of an inferiority complex i can only speak for what I saw at Coventry where we seem to be in this halfway house. I have a real long, I have a prejudice against sort of halfway houses just in life generally, you know, encourage your conviction, pick something and, and get on with it and, and sometimes stick to it even when it's not working. But we seem to half attempt our away, our home strategy away, but not with much conviction, not enough to penetrate a defence or get the crowd going or stress them out, but enough to leave us exposed to the back. Um, and we haven't found that balance away from home yet. Um, we want to be who we are. We want to be who we are. Um, but we're, we're kind of not doing it. You know, I have to go back to that West Brom game. I know I've hammered on about it, but that was that was a that was a real purgatory we were caught in, and it happened with Coventry as well. Um, I don't really want to talk about the goal too much. It looked out from where I was, but the real takeaway from it that was and and again compare that to the celebration yesterday that's the difference between zero and one points you know the, the yesterday the kick of the game was one to three points that's huge it's huge the real takeaway from the Coventry game was again we go into an away, we go away from home against a team below us in the league of which there aren't many and really don't play very well um and i can't put a finger on it i've got i've got two things so i could only watch the second half of the Coventry game and I took time off work colleagues to watch the second half. I didn't do it during American work time, I promise. Um, <laughs> but I did only watch the second half. Um, and interestingly, I felt that when they scored was very similar to yesterday. We were on the front foot. And if anyone was going to score, it was us. So I think there's a case, admittedly, having not seen the problems in the first half, it was quite an interesting perspective, but I was watching something where I thought, we are by far the better side here and actually look quite decent because I didn't see the first bit. So I think there's some perspective in that. That, Yeah, I'm not talking about the fact the ball was obviously out, but we'd have sustained that momentum and scored. It would have been nine points and that's an even, you know, even better place to be. Um, the second thing, and I've got no evidence other than hearsay for this, but it cannot help if we travel up on the same day. It's a, it's a really the, the, long the, 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 the playing squad. Right, yeah. Right. Like, try doing anything after a four or five hour coach ride. Like, they're still human beings. I, I, I cannot believe that isn't a factor. I'm not saying we necessarily should or have the means to do anything about it, but maybe that's why our home form is so good if other people are also playing with yeah. 
tired legs. Yeah, we, <clears throat> we've seen that. I mean, what is it, Middlesbrough? When we played them at home, they had the X2 game in the cup, didn't they? In midweek, we were all thinking, crikey, there, you know, they're in trouble having I mean, to be in Devon for a week. And they just flew up and down, you know, did that trip twice in, in a matter of days. And the club have been very honest about it. Argyle, that is, we just don't have the financial means to um, lead that kind of lifestyle. And so that may be a factor, Chris, to your point about, you know, travel on away days. Um, yeah, look, it's, definitely I mean, we can't, it's definitely a thing, Archie, isn't it? There's enough, yeah. there's enough, since Shuey's in now, there's enough data. Yeah, the, 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 I always find that the national journalist who comes and does their five minute piece on Argyle, it's, it's nice sort of one liners for them about how far everybody has to travel. It's on the bingo card, isn't it? It's number one on the bingo card. Away team has to travel, we have to travel. So they assume us at a disadvantage. But there's more variables to it than that. It's clearly with how we're set up currently, that's what we're doing for away games isn't helping us. What we're doing for home games is helping us. Because I go back to when Derek was in charge. Derek couldn't win a Tuesday night game at home, saves life. Um, but he was very good at grinding out 1-0 uh, backs the wall wins at home. Mm-hmm. So it's partly the football. But again, Chris, there must be there must be some tangibles in it. Because again, you say about the start of football, but we we don't do a huge amount different and well we do enough different to uh, frustrate me that we're not stick you know what fully what i would call sticking to our guns but we equally don't do enough different to um you know ad- address the problem we're, we're kind of yeah. stuck in the middle and i feel generally maybe that that shui and co just feel this is circum i think they think this is circumstantial and luck and this will come good um and and you can point to instance like the the goal and stuff um but i'm i'm not i'm not sure and, and to be honest our waveform for a team that's for a team that won the league with 100 plus points if you go to all the teams that have won a league with 100 plus points which of which there aren't many we have the best home form of all those teams ever and we had the and by default we've had the worst away form of those teams mm. um Really, yeah. really, really don't know. I'd love to. Actually, we had a fans forum last week. I'm surprised that nobody didn't go into it in more depth. Yeah, I mean, we've yeah, we've said we don't want to talk about. It. Let's briefly touch on that goal. You know, fans have been very happy to you know, clip up screenshots and post it all over social media and play the victim. I don't think you can tell it's out. I'll be honest. I think if I had to bet, I would say it's out. But no one can say it's 100 out from that angle. Anyone watched the World Cup last year in Qatar? There was a famous incident, wasn't there, with Japan against Spain? Really, really similar. Um, and you just don't know. You don't know. You, you can't, it, ball being between the grass and the line doesn't mean it's out. We know that. Um, to me, the real crime for that goal was that five players were, I, I don't know what they were doing in that incident, you know? And that's not luck. That was, that was poor. Um, you know, and then going back to last season, we've got, you know, we've got, this has happened before. We've been up, you know, we've had tricky, sticky periods away from home. Remember Barnsley away, we lost 3-0 March time. And, you know, Shuey came out and said, you know, we need to change things. And to his credit, we did. I think the Papa Johns came shortly after that. But in the league, I think we won all our games away from home. But we were having a rotten run. Alex away from home, where I think it was Peterborough, um, Sheffield Wednesday and Barnsley, losing all pretty heavily, albeit Sheffield Wednesday was just a goal, wasn't it? But it, it, we've, we've been here before, is my point, Alex. We've been here before. And that's the slight concern I have, is that this happened last season. And it's happening again. This time we've got relegation is is the is the thing hanging over our head if we don't get it right. Yeah, I've got the I've got the results up here and I'm I'm looking through them and I 
obviously our away form is poor. We can't seem to pick up. We, we need that win away, you know, and Tom, you're right. We, we need to win away from home if we're going to take the pressure off the home games. First thing I would say on that is, I don't know what the points per game is at home exactly, Archie, but back to your original point, but we are getting enough points at home. So it's not like we're not getting points away and we're not getting them at home because that's when we've really got a problem. So although the pressure is on the home games, we are getting the points at home. We're in 16th. There's, what, five teams below us before you even get to the relegation places. So it's not absolute panic stations at the moment. It's a case of let's try and figure out a way of getting some extra points to, to put us in the table where we think we're good enough to be. You go through those away games. Actually, talking talking to my Stoke supporting friend yesterday, something that he said as a seasoned championship supporter is he said a couple of times, any away point in the championship is a good point. Forget about performances, forget about opposition. Any point away from home, it's just sort of a drum I've been banging a bit, um, rightly or wrongly, but it was interesting to hear a fan of another championship team saying that. Bristol, okay, let's go to... Um, Hull we, got a, Hull, we got a point, which I thought was a good, well-earned point. Birmingham City, it was that last-minute goal with the error that we can point to. It was switching off in the last minute. That should not have been a defeat. It wasn't because we were beating the win. It was cause, wasn't because we were hapless away from home. It's, it was that moment at the end of the game. Um, Watford, we, we ground out a good point. Um, and then let's go to Bristol City. Well, that was just an absolute horror show from, from the team selection. That was... We'd lost that one before the ball had even been kicked, it seemed, by the team that was put out. So let's write that one off as a, a freak game. Preston is probably one I can point to where we just couldn't do it. We They weren't excellent, but we just couldn't do it. Um, but then you come to Ipswich, you know, team f- absolutely flying in the league away from home. And we very nearly did it. And it was mistakes. It was mistakes that cost yeah. us the game when, when we went and looked at it. West Brom, we got a point. Any points a good point, if you ask me. Um, where else have we? Let's look at these other away games. Coventry the other day. Leeds, again, 2-1 against Leeds United away from home. So when I start to go through these games, all of a sudden there's a reason in every single one of them I can see. It's not just like what's going on. We're terrible away from home. There's the mistakes. There's last-minute goals. I'm confident. I don't think this is a problem that is a kind of a rot that is in our team that we can't fix. I th- I'm i fairly confident that these away points are going to start to, I'm not going to say they're going to be flowing, but I think we will pick, start to pick them up. Um, that there's, there's no, there's no major, major issue. I think that is, that's preventing this. I, I think the clubs with, I don't personally share that view, Alex, but <clears throat> I think the club does. I, you generally think that the, the majority of the, uh, games where we've not picked up points is we, we've we've flipped we've we won heads we've flipped tails. You, I mean, there's uh, I'm oversimplifying it, but you think that's more the issue than than there being a, an existential problem. See, because I, I was hearing a different thing when you were reading out those results. Two things jumped out to me: the best performances were Leeds and um, Ipswich. So to me, that suggests something of an. Inf- I think this is a mentality thing, possibly inferiority complex, because we can play. Um, and when you read out the results there, you, you talked about a couple of games where we could have got a point. There weren't many where we could have got three, where we got the one, where we got the ones. I don't think we're sat there thinking that was three for me. That was West Brom. Um, and that's the issue. It's not even the defeats. It's the, have we really had a chance of winning those games? And for me, we haven't. What we've done is we've come very close to not losing. Um, QPR 
went to Preston and picked the points up and came home. Now they might, I don't know how well they did in their three games previous, but they picked more points up than we have. This is, but I see that strategy at home. I see that, that risk taking yesterday against um, Stoke at the end where Miller's thrown on, you know, let's put our fast player on with absolutely no concern for defending because Stoke have got nothing. You know, we've, we've asked them a couple of questions. They had nothing. Um, I still think that's our best approach away, but we're caught. We're caught between probably, you know, a lack of confidence in our own mistakes and how short change we feel from some of the points we've let escape. And we think, oh, if we'd just done this a bit different, when actually I think we're just best dusting down and approaching it like we do those free hits. You know, I was very pleased with the Leeds performance. I was very pleased with the Ipswich performance. And it's actually why I'm quite looking forward to the Leicester game. Sorry, click off. There's eight teams below us in the division and we've only played one of them away from home, which is Coventry, which was not great. But if you want to point to the controversial goal and, and bang on about that, then people are welcome to. Um, it was a all round, a, not a great performance, I thought, despite what Chris said about the second half. The teams we have played away are all sitting at the top of the division. West Brom and Hull, which are those points which we didn't look like we were going to win. They're sitting in the playoff places at the moment. Mm-hmm. Leeds and Ipswich are in second and third. I will judge our away form when we pick up or don't pick up points or wins as, as as we want against those eight teams, seven other teams below us that we haven't played away from home yet. It's also yeah. it's also an interesting point that both things can be true listening to that. But yeah. there's nothing, there's no crisis, but maybe some of the answer is if you're going to lose, lose by trying to win. I, yeah. Yeah. I, it's my biggest shift. Like, I've always, like, institutionally, and I, even now, I think, win at home, draw away, win at home, draw away. It's like a, <clears throat> it's in my DNA. But, you know, Tom, you have, you've won me round, actually. I think there's two different so things. I think you can have both. Yeah. But both of the, we've played some difficult teams, we've not been awful, is a valid point. Should we take, a more committed, gung-ho, attacking position in our away games is also a valid point. Okay, well, what what, what do we need to change? Because I think, you know, we we, go, we always go on about this gung-ho approach. Yesterday, Shuey, on the 83rd minute, introduces Matt Butcher, and he said in his post-match press that that was to make sure, essentially, we did not lose because he felt we were too open in the middle of the park. So... Which is interesting because we we think oh look we scored in the ninety seventh minute Shuey's just gone for broke and he's thrown everyone on and you know to hell with it which wasn't quite the case was it he made a point of putting Matt Butcher on and it, you know the fans are saying online or in the ground you know it's an odd odd move putting Matt Butcher on when we are, as a fan base are looking for three points so a slight myth there possibly but looking forward it's huge pressure on our home form for me. From my perspective, where I'm sitting, it's huge pressure to be having to pick up two points per game. It's I can't I can't escape that feeling of trepidation and worry that um, we've got a mountain to climb, really, in terms of the amount of points we need to get. What I was hoping you were doing whilst Alex was listing off the teams that we haven't played away was that you were going to do the same in the home form, Archie, which. Um... Alex, you could, you could make you could make that case. Uh, uh, the reason I I settle on that strategy, Chris, is that I don't. I'm not. I'm not saying that this is you know people who back the 
win away, uh, win at home, draw away strategy of dinosaurs. I just think this division is so tight. Three points, three points in this division is worth more than in in any other division. Last year we had to, we couldn't afford to lose a game because even if we, you know, we were trying to win the title, every point was important to us. You know, and look at where we finished. QPR are on the beach with their next couple of away games because they've gone and picked up a, a, a win. We've had nine games away from home and we picked up three points. What I'm saying to you now, if you knew that was the return, would should we go back in time and play nine games freakishly gung-ho? You've only got to win one, one in nine, and we'd be mm. in the same boat. But what we would do, we'd be in the same boat as where we are now, but we'd know we could win an away game. As we're at the moment, we have so little confidence that we can win away. We've written it off, and we've got to try and stay in this division playing half the number of games everybody else. All right, let's try and wrap this bit up. Um, I'll come around to all of you. Alex, what do you think we need? I appreciate you're the least concerned out of all of us, possibly, which is fine. Um, what do you think we need to see a change away from home? It is great to see Ryan Hardy coming back because in a game where we're on the back foot, if you can have him sitting on the halfway line ready to break through and be that central focal point in the in in any counterattacks, we know he's excellent at that. That's his game. So having him back in the team, I think, gives us a slightly more bite away from home. So that should help. Um, I think the team will settle down a bit. I hope it will, uh, especially across the back. This constant conversations about Pleggy, Scar. I, I would like to see more consistency there. Kind of, as, mm. as, I guess what Tom's saying in terms of play our away games like we play our home games, possibly. Um, while I do, while I will always stand by in this division, a point is a good point. And just on that, there's a difference between being happy with a point and setting out for a point. Right. I, I want to make that distinction. I'm not saying we should start games going for a point. What I'm saying is if we go for three and we only get one, then that's fine. I, I guess Tom's point is that we're not going for three. Right. But like, what do we need? What do we need? Um, I don't think we need to change much. I think it will come. I think we're going to play some weaker teams away from home, and and we'll start to pick up enough points to take the pressure off our home form. Can I take? Can I take the two positions and add one? So I agree. I think it's good that we've got, hopefully, more chance against less strong teams. I think if you add to that, it'd be amazing if we went absolutely all out. Mark's not here at the moment, but. You know, early goal changes a lot, which we haven't scored a lot of. Um, I'm going to add January to that and my ongoing appeal for Captain Nasty to be signed on loan or permanently, because I think that's a big part of away games, that if you've got someone that can disrupt and annoy, I think that is also a part of psychologically maybe why we struggle in away games. Like there's it's just good to have a kind of central focus of someone who's just making it harder for the opposition to play just by not being very pleasant. So I'm still hoping we get someone in that moulding in January. That could help. Just on that point, Alex, I don't think we're not setting out to win. the. I don't think it's that binary. I think it's a spectrum. Even Archie alluded to it earlier there. I hadn't appreciated the butcher had come on with a mind of tightening up. Again, you know, if we lose or draw yesterday, I don't feel too different about it. You might, late winners aren't nice and... I appreciate I'm not 
the only person in the ground. So if 10,000 people go home really peed off by it, then Shuey's got to bear that in mind for, for a number of reasons. Um, I would just wear I feel it's a dial. I feel it's a fader. And I would just set that fader a little higher. And I would certainly do it earlier. I mean, and you come back to the Ipswich game, you know, the early goal. I know we lost the game and you can point to the mistakes, but the early goal set the tone from us. Um, yeah, I would just be a little bit more concerned about failing to win the game than losing the game on a personal front. And I appreciate that's not that's that's a, hard to define. But I can only that's only me adding up the, the nine games um that I've watched and seen the importance certainly of those early goals. Um but shout out to uh team yesterday for turning around uh, a game where we let in the first goal. First time we've done that this season. We're very good at that last uh season. Um and that's that's good. Once you do something once in a season, you have the confidence you can do it again. Yeah. Actually, the longer something goes on, you can't do it. You go, actually, I don't think we can win a game away from home. Yeah. Talking and, about binary <clears throat> binary takes, Tom. Just to go back, I know we're kind of jumping around here. The butcher coming on yesterday. I think it's too simplistic of those fans who've gone. Oh, hang on a second, we want to get three points here, and he's bringing butcher on to tighten things up. He's bringing butcher on to tighten things up so we don't lose the game while we're going for it. Because mm, yeah. he can play verse. He's versatile across the back. He can step into the, the defensive midfielder role, and he can do all those jobs while everybody else is throwing everything at Stoke to try to try and get the winner. So taking Shuey's little comment there out of context um, is perhaps doing him a disservice in, in his broader view of the game. Yeah. It allowed Miller to come on and attack, you know, yeah. but they kind of had that covered and they had absolutely no threat down their right hand side. So yeah, it was, it was a, I, I get it was with tightening up, but he, he sacrificed defender. I think Butcher came on for guest Kes Aiden, I think. So I'm um, here. There, look, it sounds like we're all getting on and uh, roughly we're, we're in the round on the same points, aren't we? Some, we are. Some, and, well, some I'm, tendencies. I'm, Final thing, which I've said a few times, is when we play some of the teams away in the second half of the season, we'll have played them at home. And I, I think we're an intelligent football club that will have learned from it. We'll, we'll be better to identify, amongst all of that, what might work against those teams that we learned first time round. Right. Let's move on. Leicester away. Many fans are already, already calling it a free hit. For what it's worth, I can't stand that saying. But... um the pressure is off because we need to be getting six points every five games and we've done it after three. So the next two games to an extent, you could say the pressure's off, but Alex, what are, you, what are your feelings about going to the um, King power? Not you personally. Um, I think we've got an opportunity for a well end away point. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> hey, people have, Leicester aren't this unstoppable machine they're great they got their i think they are when people say oh they're a premier league team in the championship and we kind of debunked that a bit with leeds um let's let's say they are as close as you will get to a premier league team in the championship but they're not um they're not having it all their way sheffield wednesday got a draw against them they've relied on some very late goals to win games we haven't played them yet, so we don't know. But we can we've we've measured ourselves against some of the other teams in this division, away from home, and we've done pretty well. Ipswich, it, as we've just said, it was mistakes. Um, Leeds, yeah, they they were better than us, of course, but there was only one goal in it at the end. And, and had there been another ten minutes in that game, who knows? I think we can. We've got to go out there with no fear, and there's a difference between going out there with no fear and seeing it as a free hit. Because I think you need that intensity. You need that 
will to win and that desire to get something from the game. If you see it as a free hit, then you're kind of a bit, you know, just going there for, for the day out. Um, Dewsbury, Hall, Dewsbury Hall's their big man, but um, he's, his stats are out, out of this world across the board. But then if you shut him down, there's somebody else who pops up, right? Um, they're going to go for it. I was, I was listening to a Leicester fan talking and they said, what you can't do against us is you can't go and try and soak it all up and sit back and just hope that you can catch us on the break because they will just control the game. And if you don't have some outlet, if you don't try and attack them, they will become more and more comfortable and they will just slowly grind you down until they get the goals they need. So I think based off that, as somebody who watches them every week, we need to go and have a go. What Again, I'm, I'm steering clear of the free hit, but I will say, what have we got to lose? If everyone's expecting us to lose anyway, let's go and try and nick a couple of goals and give them something to think about. Doesn't free hit also align with Tom, your strategy, right? Archie, we're all going to keep saying the words you hate. Free hit, free hit, free hit. But um, <clears throat> in my head, it means you're likely to lose, so go for it and experiment. It doesn't mean assume you're going to get defeated. That said, I think having watched quite a lot of them, because their games seem to be on at quite friendly times, like they're often... It's easy to watch Leicester this year in the US. Um, the, the the risk is the closest comparison to their front line is when Crystal Palace brought on their better players. They have very quick, skillful players, which I'm not saying Leeds didn't, but they feel more like that. They've got a couple of individuals that could play in the Premier League and could really expose our weaknesses. Put it this way, like the first 30 minutes yesterday, we'd have been six down. But I think we go for it. I think we go for it. And I've said before, it's also, I'm sure my wife doesn't listen to the podcast, but it's by sod's law, she might. I, I did like start browsing flights yesterday, <laughs> which there's a certain sadomasochism to that. Like, I think it's going to be a horrible defeat, but I'd probably quite enjoy the day out more than many others. I um, mentioned about their players, uh, Alex Wright, Dewsbury Hall's um, <clears throat> KPIs are out of this world. I was, and, and when I was looking at that thing where I said uh, about Bali 51 or what, what it, where it was in the table, Harry Winks, who plays in midfield with Dewsbury Hall, they pay £10 million pounds for. Um, a couple of Spurs supporting friends are saying, no way he's a championship player. Because in their head, they're like, how, 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 what, what's he doing playing at that level? He's better than that because they have a bias towards one of their own. He's nowhere near Barley Mumba, Finazaz, and Morgan Whitaker. Again, that's opinion. Uh, that's sorry, that's some data points as to what that means in context is open to interpretation. Morgan, Finn, and Barley, and this is why I come back to that Barley point. Every team we play is going to look at those players and go, they're one of the top performers in the division. What we're going to do about them? Yeah. So if they've got a Dewsbury Hall, we've got a Morgan Whitaker. Okay, horses for courses, but we've got players who can change a game. Yeah. If if Dewsbury Hall's not on his game and Morgan is. We could really do something. We could really do it. And if we get an early goal like we did at Ipswich, who's to say we're going to let in three again? Yeah, they've got weaknesses, Leicester. Um, mm. Love our coach. He, he he watches, you know, he loves, loves more, more about football than any of us on this pod. They'll, they'll have a plan. That said, I, that we've got QPR three days later away and Rotherham at home three days after that. 
they're six pointers. There's, there's no getting around that they're six pointers. So <laughs> what's the irony, Alex, is what I say about going for broke here. Uh, I would love to see some rotation, not not Bristol City levels, but I do not want to go. I, we look leggy at Coventry. And we look leggy at times yesterday, yeah, and we've got to go again. And the the six pointers are more important games. So I hope there's some balance into that. Obviously, we're not going to beat Leicester with our B team. So in that sense, of being a free hit, we've got to we've got to have some contact. But I'd like to see some planned rotations, probably irrespective of how the games are going. There's a lot of shocked faces on the Zoom right now. Um, so to summarise, it is a free hit, and <laughs> Ben Wayne up front. <laughs> well, look, I, Ryan's back, Bundu's back. You know, we we probably won't play both of them away at Leicester. I wouldn't. I would <clears throat> if we can keep them both to sixty or less. We need to keep our better players to sixty or less minutes in the game for me. What we can't afford to do is go all out in a game. We we can't have we our only plan can't be go all out and knacker ourselves out, get beaten five nil, and then go to QPR knackered. That's that's reckless. Yeah. So, but I back look, Shuey, Elliot Turner, whatever. I, I I back him on that front. But we're gonna we're gonna need to rotate. But I want our better players playing against QPR, not against Leicester. There was some really good local dialect in there. I thought it's the wrong word, but go QPR knackered was right. Sometimes we, you know, this is the, this is a Plymouth podcast. That was wonderful. Yeah, it's like go I, QPR knackered. It's like when I what? ask my non-West uh, Country friends where I said, "Where are you going to?" and they'll just say, "What's the what's the benefit of the word to?" <laughs> at the end of that sentence, please, Devon. <laughs> um, all right. Any other pointers on Leicester, Alex? You mentioning their form. It's the same as ours in the last um, five games. Two defeats, one draw, two wins. You never know. You never know. Who did they lose to? Bear with me. Leeds, definitely Leeds went there and gave them a lesson. I think they've lost another one. Um, did they draw with um, did they draw with Sheffield Wednesday? Drew one with Sheffield Wednesday. Yeah, lost yeah. one to Middlesbrough and Leeds. Yeah. yeah. And talk about last-minute winners. They had a last-minute winner yesterday, uh, uh, which yeah. they scored for a breakaway from, uh, ironically, West Bromwich Albion going to gung ho to try and get three points against them. Um, mm. So they, you, Tom, it's a shame. It is a shame that we've got those midweek games because we just don't have the squad for this Saturday, Tuesday. These international right. breaks, while at the time they seem wonderful, they're killing us because we can't do the three games in a week with with what we have dispo- at our disposal. Mm-hmm. Predictions, you, Archie. Mean? Predictions, Archie. One nil. Argyle. Yeah. Tyreek right. <laughs> Chris? <laughs> Who? Uh, 3-1. Defeat. That's the spirit. Alex? I, uh, I, think it, I think we'll have a Leeds rerun. I think we will go 2-0 down, grow into the game, but a little bit too late. Mm. Yeah. Um, Alex, you kind of mentioned it there. Oh, I thought about talking about it, but you brought it up, so let's do it. Is that, you know, we've said all of this about the away form. And not to rehash that conversation, but is the squad depth a lot to do with it? And you make a great point regarding the international breaks. We've had three in really quick successions, succession rather, and um, we won't have any now until March, I believe. Uh, four months without Gareth Southgate. Mark, can you cope? But we'll, our squad will be tested now. Actually, really I, know you, I know you asked Alex, but like 
One hundred percent, yes. So, like the reason the reason Man City keep winning the league is that they've got three first teams. Like it mm-hmm. is really mm-hmm. in my head, it's really simple. If the if you if you can rotate in players at the same quality of the players you're taking out, you're a much better team. Sorry, Alex, I'm sort of answering a question for you, but to me, that is just one hundred percent true. Yeah, agree, and I complaining about it when people complain about our squad players this is it is what it is we've we've talked about this on the pod before sure it would be nice to have another morgan whitaker on the bench it would be amazing but we 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 don't and we can't so sure he has to do the best with what he's got and he's tried and failed a few different things bristol city as we've said but you know we trust him he knows that squad he knows how to squeeze the best out of it we're going to have to find a way of doing that. I, I, yeah, to come back at you a bit there, I would argue, of course, we can't have a load of one million pound signings on the bench. But I'd also argue we probably can't have Tariq Wright and Lewis Warrington there either. Um, January is going to be big. That's my feeling. That's going to be really, really big. Tom, you got any thoughts on that? I heard the, um, Simon talking at the fans forum. Every club saying that, are they? It's big for QPR. It's big for Sheffield Wednesday. We're going to throw some money at it, even though they couldn't pay the tax bill the other day. You know, Huddersfield's owners loaded. They'll throw some money at it. You know, we'll be competing with those guys. So, um, yeah, but so is everybody else. They're going to improve. We're going to improve. We need to, Im- per pound spent, we're going to need to do better than them. I'm not sure our January window of last year was that successful, if I'm being honest, mm-hmm. but looking at the time of the clock now, that's probably another pod. Um, in short, yeah, one nil away win. I'm going to back Tyreek right for a goal, uh, and then somebody will come and swoop in and take him on loan uh, on the basis. Right. I'll take that as a hint to uh, move on. We'll be back in a bit for a quiz and an FA Cup chat. You can get on with your quiz. All right, welcome back to part three. Before we go into the quiz, it's the day of the FA Cup third round draw. And it's been a while since we've um, been automatically put, being put into the third round. Of course, we've uh, had a few cut runs in recent memory. But um, yeah, the luxury of being in the championship means we haven't had to be in the first or second round. Alex, what are your feelings about the cup? Because, you know, we've had that Chelsea day, Arsenal, Liverpool in recent history. We've had some big days out, haven't we? What, what's your feeling towards the draw and what, what are you wanting from it? The further up the football league you go, the fewer opportunities there are for big days out. Um, Even bottom half Premier League teams now, having played the teams we played this season, aren't particularly exciting to us. I'd argue that only those real kind of super big clubs at the top of the Premier League would really be a huge occasion for us, which is nice position to be in. I would like to, to see us have a, a little run and always be drawing the lowest teams available to us at home and give our squad players some minutes because they just don't have that. And we need to keep, we need to try and get everybody in some kind of form. We need Ben Wayne to have a couple of goals like he did against Crystal Palace in the League Cup. Um, everybody likes a big day out, but we get big day outs every other week at the moment. So money aside, I, I really would like to see us... Um, get some minutes for everybody else. I'm not, I'm not, I'm, I'm, no, I wouldn't say do that against um, a team who are going to turn us over if we do that. I'm, I don't like 
call me a legacy fan or, or, or old school, but I love the FA Cup and I think people should treat it with respect and I want to see us go out to win games, but I'd like us to be able to go out and try and win games without having to play all of our first team to do it, mm. I think. Chris, when we had, when we had Derek on a few weeks ago, he spoke about the Liverpool time, and from memory, I think he said that the club got three quarters of a million from that one or the two games combined. I believe I can't quite remember now, but it was around that kind of figure. That's a lot of cash. <laughs> yeah, and do you know what you're reading my mind. That was going to be my general point. I've got this weird, what's the word? Like I'm, I'm with Alex. I think it's an important institution for the football pyramid. Right, in a, in an era where so much focus is on the top six of that pyramid, that to me goes throughout the country down to a different level. Um, so weirdly, I kind of couldn't care less. I'd like a big tie, but as an individual, this season is about the league. However, you're right. What Derek said is slowly being eroded. Is the ability for teams in the lower half to get an away game, be heroic, take that Premier League opposition home and fundamentally change the direction of their club because of that investment looks like it's going away. They announced or yesterday the plans are the third and fourth round replays are going to be cut because there's going to be, you know, the Champions League's getting bigger, more international games. That, I think, is the tragedy. Um, mm. So I'm with Alex. I hope we take it seriously. This season for me... An FA Cup run would be a huge distraction. Last thing we need. But if we do not achieve that, it should be by having a go and respecting the competition. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think back to the last one, Chelsea, and I still, yeah, there's still tinges of kind of regret about that day. It was fantastic. But I kind of want another go at that kind of occasion. You know, missing a penalty and whatever it was, 117th minute, it... It was a bit of a choker, wasn't it? Great, great, great day. Don't get me wrong. It I'd was. Like it was. And I'm gonna I'd like another day like that. And I'd like yeah. us to go that step further. I, think I we don't could. know. If you'd have asked me, again, living somewhere else, would you rather have been at Chelsea or even Liverpool? Or yesterday, I chose yesterday. Like I'm not a big fan of that side of the FA Cup. I think uh-huh. it encourages the kind of inferiority complex that we talk about a lot on here so you're saying just, like we, we, if we want to be a championship club we can't like we, we can't be in awe of 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 big teams like like yeah, like we're I, a, like we're a Sunday league side that's made the third round yeah I think for me the FA Cup is about the egalitarian open access wonderful thing that is English football doesn't exist especially if you live in america right you've got like no relegation this is the ultimate football experiment and on that level quite like it if we drew whoever is lowest ranked because for, then we would be a game that potentially could save them but like, i kind of see it as a redistribution of wealth for a couple of hours in after, world where that's been forgotten after the third and fourth round it gets boring again doesn't it it's, it's boring again Mm. I actually, while I would, I'd never want to go back down to the those lower divisions to be part of this. It's the early rounds of the FA Cup which are the best for me. Those non-league teams coming up, getting a game away at Pompey or or somewhere like that. 
see it that's where you get the giant killings as well once it gets into the past the third fourth round it's it just becomes the same as any other competition i i also one thing i can't stand about the fa cup is the patronizing drivel that comes out from all of these premier league commentators and columnists and oh as, as, you know as if these teams just live in a box and only get taken out when it's time for the fa cup it's winds me up um so we should say we're, we're recording this before 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 the the draw we're not just talking around it it's yet to happen um let's do who we think we'll get like the most pointless exercise ever who do you, who, who do we who do we think we're gonna draw okay i want well okay i want an upset i want a chelsea because i want oh God, to get that cash um injection and i trust them to do it do what's best with that money um not asking for Morgan Whitaker 2.0, just to be clear. Um, so I would like, ideally, Man United, because they're crap. <laughs> I, think, I think we could do them. I could see that being the end of Eric Ten Hag. Not that I really want that. I don't mind him. But um, yeah, United, away, ideally. Shuey wants Everton, which I appreciate. Um, that probably, I don't know, they're not. Maybe it ticks that box. I'm not quite that sure. That would be nice. Tom? That would be nice. Tom? I'm just saying predictions of who will draw in the cup is yeah. that. That's why. It's, it's, it's just could like look a horror great. It's a horror great. <laughs> <laughs> it just screams Mansfield away to me. Is that what you're saying? Oh, um, I just, um, I, I've been, I, I, I hear both of Alex and Chris's points on this. I really don't know what to do, and and I'll, I'll only, I'll only know my feelings on the FA Cup when we know what happened because. If we go, if we win the third round, I don't think there's. I think we then rearrange games for the next rounds. Mm. So then you've got Wednesday games, Tuesday Wednesday games um, with a thin squad. Um, goodness, but then do you? What do you do? Do you give minutes to the players? So if we draw, I don't know Woking. Sorry, I don't know if Woking's still in the cup. We draw Woking at home and give some fringe players a go. Yeah, that's great for those fringe players. But then I'm still thinking, goodness, there's there's not many of those. We're still having to throw some first teamers into it. Um, but I do love the FA Cup. My my favourite weeks for supporting Plymouth Argyle, and I've I've just, I've just been trying to think whether I threw the pizza cup into this, and I don't. Um, although I was very much looking for the day at Wembley, the week leading up to the QPR game and the week leading up to the Burton game were great. The results were what we wanted, um, but I had some apprehension. I think I score the build up to the Watford. The week of build-up to the Watford uh, quarter-final, I think, might have been my favourite week supporting Plymouth Argyle. I could not wait. And Alex, I do hear your point that if there's no sort of straddling Championship or League One side going through to the semis or something, the FA Cup gets really boring. But that was really good. And I, th- people laugh at me. I thought we were going to win the bloody FA Cup. Because um, at that time, he should not be named, gave us that kind of feeling. And I felt a little bit like we do now, where we could lose to anyone on our day. But we could beat anyone on our day. We've got an away form thing to sort out. But mm. against all science, I could sit and say, I, I, if somebody said to me, you know, fate's decided Plymouth Argyle can win the FA Cup this year, I'm all for that. There's not many things I would risk our championship state for. In fact, there's almost nothing. Um, but an appearance in the FA Cup final, I would. Not winning it, but getting the FA Cup final, which is very possible. Think of how Bradford getting that Cup final or whatever. That, um, 
we shouldn't be planning to lose football matches. We draw, we draw, we go and try and win the bloody game. And if that means we win, we go and play the next one and we deal with what we're thrown. I love the FA Cup. We're going to win the FA Cup, boys. I think we're going to get Stoke away. <laughs> Good. <laughs> the worst possible tie. That would be, yeah, that's up there, isn't it? Alex, have you have you gone yet? I can't remember. On oh, my prediction of who we'll get? Yeah. Um, Maidstone. <laughs> I'd, I'd I'd love I'd love to get Maidstone at home. I played against them once many many moons ago, so it would make me feel like I was a real football player. If I could make several links, several stepping stones to, I could have played against Plymouth Argyle, which is obviously absolute bullshit. <laughs> I can't go with predicting predicting the cup draw is a good one. Oh, all right, well, it's gonna be really good if one of these come off. By the way, clip that. By the way, about winning the FA Cup. I want to be famous. <laughs> Um, right, from one pointless game to another. Alex, it's your turn to be Christmaster. <laughs> oh, oh. <laughs> I enjoyed that. From one pointless game to another. Over to you, Alex. From one pointless game to another. This pod's going to be a nice long one, so hopefully most people will have turned off by now. Um, so, beer. Um, this is a beer, a, a beer-themed quiz. So what I've done is I have found a beer that is brewed in the town or city that is home to a championship current championship club i'm going to give you the name of the beer which has a clue as to where it's brewed and you have to tell me the championship club um that is from the same town or city nice and simple i already love this football we all like beer and we all like football right a quiz that's completely pointless all of my i I also like the fact that over the summer when Archie was sending little messages like, anybody like to set up a podcast? This is what you had in your mind, isn't it? (laughs) (laughs) This this is exactly what you were thinking. Beer. Actually, actually it was um, last week's quiz, which was the blueprint. But um, there we go. Story for another day. Alex, back to you. Right. So I'll give you a choice. I'll give you a choice. We can do, I can say the name of the beer and you can just shout out the team. You think it's... um, shares a home with or I've got 12 which divides by there's three of you there playing at the moment so we can take it in turns and I can make them progressively harder as we go what do you feel like Archie uh, whatever's quicker whatever's quicker <laughs> okay we'll just do uh, we'll just do um, shout out the shout out the team I want the team right. okay shout out the team the first one is so easy just to get you all warmed up I don't even know I don't know the Plymouth one that's a problem isn't it? Humber Gold. Hull Newcastle. <laughs> Tom. One point for Tom. I got, wrong, I got a pencil this division. week, Chris. You wrong division. Pencil, no. <laughs> oh, yeah. I forgot the rules. He, he was predicting the cup draw. He was predicting the cup draw. <laughs> Maidstone. Yeah. Um, okay, one point for Tom. Can he do it on a cold Tuesday night? Um, oh, um Point for Archie. Is that actually a, that's a, that's a brewery? There's a beer called Can He Do on a Cold Tuesday Night. Oh, a beer. Oh, okay. I like that. It's beer. Was it beer or a brewery? It's beers. Oh, it's beer. I would love that the landlord would refuse to serve that beer unless you said the entire name. Yeah. don't want like a nickname for it or anything. Next beer. Beer name. Barry Island IPA. Oh, I should know this. Uh, so, it, surely, uh, Cardiff City. Swansea. Point for Tom. Oof. Lost Steel. 
Sheffield. Sunderland. Wednesday. No. Point for Sheffield. point for Chris. Sheffield. Sheffield Wednesday. Breakwater Colch. Argyle. That, yeah. Yeah. Chris with Argyle. Breakwater Colch. I, I love the way because he thought, well, we know that Plymouth's got a breakwater. If, if that breakwater had been any other city, there's no way we'd have got that. <laughs> they, they get harder. They, they get harder. Well, I think they get harder. Colch is a German beer, is it not? Yeah, but you can brew you can brew different beers in different places. They it's don't have to be brewed in the country yeah, yeah, that far, yeah. Archie. I'm just trying to add just trying to add a bit of you know, <laughs> a bit of knowledge from, from Cologne, if you must know. But whatever. <laughs> Next week's quiz. Um, Southbank session. Oh, Millwall. Yep, Archie. Millwall. Hold on. This is this is this is test your history knowledge here. I've got two for you because this one's quite tricky. Bobbins Bitter and Shuttle Ale. Bobbins. Scott with Northern. Bobbins Bitter, what was the other one? Shuttle. Yeah. Um, oh, no idea. What um, do you use Bobbins and Shuttles for? Nothing. Don't even know what they are. <laughs> what are they? Yeah, they're, used in a, they're used in looms. Sewing? They're used in Not looms in, in the textile industry. Uh okay, textiles, textile industry. Where's that? Where's I don't know. Um, Sunderland. No. I don't know where's famous for textiles. Well, Nottingham, but they're not in our league. Oh um no okay Bradford. So Leicester. No, you've had your guess. I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Archie wanted it to be quick, so um, unless you got one to shout out a team, Archie. No, I've got nothing. Um, it's uh, Blackburn. Uh-huh. Blackburn Rovers. Okay, Riggers Ale. Um, Sutherland. No. Ooh. Rig. Um, that's me then. As in rigging. Oh. No. Well, a new arch. Pick Think something. of teams that ports, harbors, yeah, yeah. from the coast. So Aberdeen would have Aberdeen would have been one, but one country, wrong league. Try the try try the south. Who have we got? Who have we got? look at the, no, the league table. The south, south <laughs> in the south. Come on, near, near, near Hampton, near Hampton, <laughs> not, not north in the south, south in Hampshire. <laughs> Southampton. Oh, Archie. Oh, well yeah, done. Point. Well done, mate. Yeah. Okay. Out of nowhere. <laughs> I'll cleverly edit that. <laughs> Next one. Ribble Red. Ribble. Uh, Preston. Yes, the river that runs through Preston, the yeah. river, river Ribble. Who's that? Tom. Nelson's Revenge. Oh. QPR. No. Ooh. You need to know where Lord Nelson, Admiral Nelson, was from. Mm. On the tip of my tongue. <laughs> it's I'm not West I've just I've just run out of teams that I can remember. <laughs> I, can't, I can't even do a random guess. Pass. Norwich. Oh. Norwich. He's from Norfolk. Okay. 
Um, oh, this is a good one. This is this is you might get this one, Chris. This is a cryptic sort of one, bit out there. Not so ugly now. <laughs> cryptic. Not so. Not. Yeah, but they're not in the division. <sighs> there can't be many teams left that we haven't picked. So think, um, think of a little ditty, a little song. Not so ugly now. <laughs> Bristol City. Nope. Oh. <laughs> okay, lower the quiz bed music, by the way, when that yeah. goes up. <laughs> there once was an ugly duckling. Is this another? This is very cryptic. This is this is university challenge. Swansea. Swansea. He's got it. <laughs> Chris. Bloody hell! <laughs> I told you he was the man for that quick question. Well done, Chris. It's, there's one left, and it is three, three, three. So no. Oh. Archie, you're in with a win. I thought you said there was two win here. Oh, we got someone didn't get right. Some of them we didn't get. Some of them didn't get. Um. Fantasy literature fans might might do well with this one. This one's called Two Towers Jewelry Porter. Two Towers Jewelry Porter. It's Birmingham City. Absolutely right. Congratulations. Whoa. One with What? Uh, 90 plus seven. Yeah, exactly. He's one of our. Let's, let's into your mind, Tom. Can we, yeah, can you explain the clue? The jewellery quarter is in Birmingham. There's a there's a railway station I've been to called Jewellery Quarter. Yeah, there's a jewellery. Um, so Tolkien is from Birmingham, uh, and there's two sort of old brick towers that you can see as you look across the city that were supposedly the inspiration for the two towers in the book. Well, well, that was interesting. So there we have it. I enjoyed that. We, yeah. we started with we started with physics and we've ended with literature. There you go. <laughs> All At right. least we know, know about something. It's certainly not Plymouth Argyle. <laughs> um, cheers, Alex. Nice one. Thanks, Archie. Thanks, Tom. Thank you, mate. Bumper episode. Enjoyed it. Chris, pleasure as always. Oh, as always. Two 0 at Leicester. I've changed my mind. Win. <laughs> And thank you for listening and we'll be back with you following Leicester. Take care.